podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Can you see how beautiful you are? If you fail to see it, then you have blinded yourself with the illusion of appearances. If you fail to feel it, then you have not yet connected to the self beneath your surface. For it is not what you see in the mirror that rightly determines your beauty. The outer part of your body is but a temporary outline until time passes by and profoundly makes its mark. It is the dynamism of your inner being that reveals your handsomeness, not only to yourself, but also to others, since people can uncover your inner splendor once they have stripped away your outer veneer. For what you really are is the resonance of your own feelings, so as such, you must feel glorious from within. A truth about your beauty Your outer aspect is a physical trait that is already fading away. Yet, your inner charm is a vibrational state that can be felt from a long way away. And thus, your attractiveness is found in your heart, drawn from your own personal charisma, and can everlastingly reflect your magnificence as it is a genuine beauty that can forever remain writes Cecile Correa on A Truth About Your Beauty from her book A Truth About 52 Spiritual Poems to Nurture Your Ever-Growing Soul. Valeria Tellis interviews Cecile. With roots in Guinea-Bissau, Cecile Correa was born in France in the small, picturesque town of La Seine-sur-Mer in La Côte d'Azur. She left France in her early 20s and planted her feet in England with the goal to learn English. Unable to speak the language, her first jobs were really modest. First as a nanny and later in housekeeping and bar work, Cecile kept her motivation high through a simple mantra that with every improvement in English, she would rise higher. Her ambition and entrepreneurial grit helped her go within five years from housekeeping to being the managing director of a company that was raising funds for well-deserving charities. Author of the best-selling book, A Truth About, and a successful life balance coach, specializing in subconscious programming as a Psych-K practitioner, Cecile is an expert at getting deep into the core of an issue, understanding it in its essence, and helping her clients reframe their beliefs to transcend beyond any limiting beliefs holding them back. Here is the interview with Cecile Correa. And 
your own words, who is Cecile Correa? Cecile Correa. So um, I was born in the south of France. I am originally from uh, Guinea-Bissau, which is the northwest of Africa. I am a woman who is uh, in search of uh, love, uh, happiness for myself in everything I see and, uh, and in others as well. So yes, I think in my own words, I am uh, in search of, uh, of happiness and love. And uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful. All of us, we are in the same boat. <laughs> so I have a few warm-up questions for you before we talk about your book, A Truth About 52 Spiritual Poems to Nurture Your Ever-Growing Soul. So my first question is, what is life to you? Life. That could be a deep question. So life is, um, life are moments that's, we have to enjoy every single moment of uh, life. I know it sounds a bit um, cheesy. Everyone has been hearing that. But it's moments and we have to make them count by doing what we love, by being by with the people that we love. And um, we should be grateful for every single moment. And when we come across difficult moments, because it's uh, how we are going to grow and uh, become a better version of ourselves. Life is a beautiful uh, challenge to uh, better ourselves. Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree. The experience of learning, right? So my second question, it's actually a set of words. What comes to mind when you hear the following words? The first one is healing. I think healing starts with the mind. Uh, it starts with our thoughts. It's about getting rid of all of the emotion that we have trapped since conception. And um, we need first to acknowledge them and getting rid of them by saying, let you go and you do not affect anymore the way I feel. I think eating is all about feeling and it's about feeling the right emotion and uh, getting rid of all of the dark uh, thinking about ourselves, about the world, about others. It's about forgiving. And uh, when you forgive uh, yourself, others, then uh, you let go of uh, any uh, emotional pain that is trapped inside your body. What comes to mind when you hear the word freedom? Freedom is about doing what you really love. Uh, it's about being deaf to your loved one, like your parents who want to guide you uh, in your life. It's about being deaf when you hear your friends trying to um, get you to follow their paths. It's about really doing what you uh, love um, because this can be related to uh, healing as well. Because when you listen to your heart, then you are just following the path of happiness and um, freedom is happiness. Wow, I like that, Cecile. Freedom, it's happiness, right? What about joy? Do you connect happiness with joy? I think happiness could be a constant way of being and joy could be um, this moment where you burst into uh, laughter when you are with um, when you are with a friend or uh, when you laugh at yourself when you make a mistake. So I think they could be uh, different. Yeah, somehow different, right? Depending on our own understanding, right? Absolutely, yes. 
What comes to mind when you hear the word love? Love. Uh, I think for me, love should start with self-love. I think now we understand how, um, for example, kids, uh, we now treat them differently than uh, we were treated back in the day because we understand that for their happiness, their well-being uh, and their freedom in life, they have to have self-loving foundation. And uh, this is the same for us adults today. And that's what most of the people are in search of, uh, loving ourselves first, then we will experience true love. Wow, that's profound. Um, I love the way you, before talking about love in general, you brought that back to self-love. That's the foundation. It's so true. What about peace? What comes to mind when you hear the word peace? Peace, I think it's the same as we've been talking about a minute ago. It relates with uh, freedom. When you have a peace of mind, you are doing what you love. You are with the people that you love. You don't have you don't have any second guess because you feel uh, you're feeling the emotion of being in the right path. Everything is clear in your mind. You know uh, what you want for tomorrow. But most of all, you are really enjoying today, the moment, this precious moment. You really like feeling the hair, feeling your being, and uh, you feel alive. What about God? What comes to mind? I think God is within you and he's around you. I believe we are all one. I think if you want to feel the presence of God, I think first you should go back to nature. Maybe just by yourself, sit um, by the trees, be barefoot, just feel the presence of God. And uh, if you do not feel anything, just look around you. Just look at the magnificence of the tree, uh, look at the bird flying, the butterfly. And then I think when you are surrounding with nature and you see the wonder of nature, then you can then start, if you have any doubt, uh, believing in in God. And then just breathe in, like deeply in and out, in and out, in and out, to um, center yourself in this present moment, and you will definitely uh, feel God. That's another profound statement that you just... um sad. Uh, Yeah, if you want to know God, just uh, get in touch with yourself and you will see it. And nature, I don't separate nature from us. We are nature. Everything's nature. The idea of being around trees and the ocean, uh, they represent this um, voiceless, this silent divine force, right? It's just so present. What comes to mind when you hear the word truth? So I think uh, everyone has got their own truth and it comes from their own uh, story. It comes from what they have learned. And um, I think everyone somehow should respect uh, everyone's truth. We don't have to accept it as part of us, but we just need to respect what uh, they think. Because I think um, if we want to change uh, someone, we uh, then should look at ourselves first, we do not accept their uh, truth as the truth, really. <laughs> yeah. If we don't accept others because we don't accept ourselves, 
there's something about us that we're like in acceptance, right? What do you think is the purpose of your life? I think it's finding a life uh, missions, and our life mission is our uh, passion. Uh, it's doing something that we we love uh, because by doing this something that we love, we are going to serve the world uh, somehow. So yeah, so I think it's um, finding what we really, 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 really love and just do it with all our love, all our art. I like that. No doubt, right, Cecile? Yes, absolutely. So my first question that relates to your work is, how did you become a writer and why did you publish a poetry book? So why did I become, I always wanted to become a writer, actually. It took me a few um, years to publish this book, actually. So the reason why I write, I wrote this book, it's, I was in a really unhappy and sad uh, moments in my life where I was lost. And I just started to jot down some, some words. And I found those words were uh, healing my mind. So I just uh, kept on um, going. And after a while, I had a few sets of poems. And um, my uh, uh, husband suggested that I just uh, keep going and I could uh, eventually share uh, this with the world. So I then um, put down 52 keys area of our life. And uh, from that on, um, I just wrote down uh, poems after poems after poems. And then I um, finished the book, actually. But even though I finished the book, it was actually difficult for me to uh, share my truth with the world. And then one day I finally, um, I finally did it. <laughs> uh, what inspired you to do it? Just finally publish it and, and go back to that, what we said earlier, no doubt, having no doubt. Yes. So, um, so when I finally published it, uh, that was a great moment. It was, uh, I felt lighter somehow. I felt, oh, um, I've, I've shared my passion and I've done my bit to the world somehow. Uh, because I, um, I was sure that uh, somebody is going to take the book and read it and it would make sense for them. And thanks to maybe just one poem, they are going to take the next action that are going to better uh, themselves and better their life. And just that um, feeling and that thoughts was just make me feel great. That's great. So I guess my next question is about um, the healing effect of poems. How do poems have a healing effect on our thoughts and why? I think it's uh, all about finding the, not as much actually finding the right words, but what those words, uh, what's the emotion that uh, the words are creating in your mind. I think once uh, you get the emotion out or you um, discover a new emotion that's actually uh, going to act like um, medicine in, in, for your thoughts, then the eating process has started. And then I think for the eating process to be complete, you then need to be active and take the action. The first action you think could better the situation you are in. I love that. What you just said about the medicine for the soul, right? That's how it works, giving us the inspiration and then we just take the necessary action. Yeah, um, that's what I felt by reading your book. I felt a lot of the, the message there 
some of them touched me more profoundly than others. And then that might be because the soul is already healed in those areas and it doesn't need any more of that information. But even when it's not the healing that we are looking for, it's still um, soothing. It's wonderful. So So You Know was really wonderful to read it. It made me smile like many times. (laughs) So I have selected some lines, specific lines, the ones that I just mentioned that touched me. And I wanted to ask you questions about them. So um, so this is from the book, A Truth About 52 Spiritual Poems to Nurture Your Ever-Growing Soul. So the first one, you say in a, um, a truth about yourself, the poem, you talk about, you ask fundamental questions. And that kind of called my attention because I, I love deep questions. So you say, who are you? Or who do you think you are? Do you truly know yourself? Do you really? So, and then you also say, born a winner, you ought to live as a winner. So my question is, why and how did you challenge yourself to live as a winner? I left France in my early uh, 20s. I had a God in mind. It was to learn English. And I thought the best way for me to do that was to leave France and go to England. So I did that. I arrived in England, uh, not knowing uh, one word of uh, English. I started as a lawyer, and it wasn't really for me. So I then uh, shifted to working in a hotel as a housekeeper. I said to myself, I am going to better myself and better my work every time my English gets better. From housekeeper, I then became bartender. Uh, before that, waitress, then a bartender. And thanks to bartending, my English got better in no time. And uh, after that, I applied for a job that was saying they were thinking for um, looking for sports-minded people. And it turns out it was um, 100% commission-based job doing door-to-door for uh, charities. I just took on the challenge. First, I love, love, love speaking with people. So this job was definitely for me, even if it was quite challenging also. And uh, my English got better at the same time. I was helping charity, raising money for the charity at the same time. And this job was giving you the opportunity to uh, grow from to go from um, the bottom ladder to the top of the ladder. And after four years uh, knocking uh, doors in the cold England, I uh, was then the managing director of my company. Um, so that was one of my um, biggest challenge uh, and the best challenge because he uh, definitely allowed me to be a better version of myself and believe that anything is possible when you put your money to it or when you stay positive. That is so true. When you say uh, living as a winner, do you also mean believing in, in yourself, in ourselves? Yes, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Living as a winner means that uh, you need to train yourself to become a winner. Uh, you cannot arrive and then uh, be a winner on day one. To become a winner is going to take uh, times, it's going to take months and years. And all you need to uh, do to claim this title once again 
it's to uh, keep going, train yourself, train yourself to be positive, train yourself physically or uh, emotionally, and um, you will then definitely uh, become a winner. It's about always, always, always keep on going, no matter what you you uh, the negative you see, you just need to keep going because you will definitely uh, arrive at the finish line and uh, claim your prize. Yeah. Which is a wonderful place to be, right, to sell. So in a truth about your life, you also ask a question that is very profound and one that can reveal so much to ourselves about um, death. Just what if we knew the day that we would die? So the question you ask and the way you wrote is different. You said, if you knew the day your death was going to take you away, so how much more would you appreciate your life? How much more would you do? I have something else that I wrote to you about, a truth about life. You said, life is not just an any experience. Life is your experience. And an experience is precisely what it is. This is so true. Yeah, I believe that life is the experience and we give meaning to that experience. And life is a gift. You also mentioned that. So I have to ask you the same question. If you knew you would die soon, this is a question that I ask um, all of my guests, not in, uh, in the beginning of the interview. So if you knew you would die soon in a sense of losing the body, what would you do differently? Well, I think what I would do differently, I would spend better quality with my loved ones. That's the first thing I would do. And I will, I will also have a sense of urgency to finish my things-to-do list. I think uh, I have a things-to-do list uh, in life of all the things I want to achieve, all the book I want to write, all the people uh, I want to meet, um, all the places I want to be. So I think I will definitely uh, finish my uh, things-to-do uh, list. Definitely, because I think when you leave this beautiful place, then uh, you have to somehow leave something behind you that's going to allow you loved ones and um, more people, if you can't reach more people, you have to leave something that's going to allow them to keep going. It can be just a quote. Uh, uh, just one phrase, um, one moment, one souvenir that's going to be saying to them, this is, this life is worth living. I have to live this life to be the better version of myself. Because discover that I am a beautiful butterfly uh, surrounding by um, lush uh, greenery um, scenery. Wow. I like that a lot. That's being the inspiration right, for others. So in the truth about your mind, I only have questions for this one. You talk about the mind. The first one is, what is the mind and what are thoughts and what is the truth about them? So the mind. So we have two uh, minds. We have our conscious mind and we have our subconscious mind. Our subconscious mind governs uh, 90% of our attitude, behavior, when we want to influence the mind, when we want 
to better ourselves, uh, change ourselves, we need then to connect with the subconscious mind because he's the the boss. He's the one who is going to agree with the changes that your conscious mind wants to do. And the best way to um, to influence the subconscious mind is we uh, learn that it was with repetition, with uh, visual uh, images like a vision board. Uh, but there is a great uh, technique as well to influence the subconscious mind, which is called uh, Psyche. Psyche allows you to uh, connect with your subconscious mind and then um, reprogram your mind with new self-enhancing uh, uh, belief. That is, there was the, the mind, right, Cecil? Yes, absolutely. What about thoughts? Thoughts. Uh, I think our thoughts, before we have thoughts, we have feeling and emotions, then this feeling and emotion is somehow going to create our thoughts, what we think. So first, we should always look at how we feel uh, and we should control how we feel by taking the time to meditate until we feel a sense of peace of mind. And then from um, then on, you can then somehow allow yourself to uh, to think because your um, thoughts are going to uh, be happier thoughts and somehow you will um, trust yourself more and you will be then ready to open your eyes and then and then um, start your day. I like that. Yeah, meditation really helps to clear the mind. Yeah, no doubt about it. I like the way as you, um, yeah, meditation is one thing and then how you connect um feelings like when you say listen to our feelings because they are there to uh, say something right this this in a way they are like messengers how often do you meditate um i try to do it i think once a day and i would do it at night just before going to uh, to bed just before sleeping for how long uh, i think 15 minutes uh, 15 minutes, I would put like a 15 minute music that goes with my uh, meditation. And I would just first focus on my breathing until I feel, I feel alive, actually. Um, I will uh, inhale for five seconds and um, exhale for five seconds. And I will try to keep on doing that for 15 minutes as well until I feel every single cell in my body with um, a breath of fresh air then blend this meditation with intentional uh, thoughts about how I want things to be in my life. Is this something that you created yourself, this method, or it's something that you learned? Uh, actually, it was um, a blend of thoughts leaders. One was uh, talking about the importance of breathing, then I blended that with uh, intentional thoughts, creating um, visualizing my vision board at the same time as, as I was uh, breathing. Was a combination of your own techniques and then other teachers? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's normally how it works. We kind of personalized, right, um, methods. That's great. So in a truth about your body, you said... For your body is but a devoted and obedient servant. So this is one of one phrase. And then the other line was that caught my attention was the body only awaits your self-love and self-respect. Uh, my question about the body being an obedient servant is 
So if the body is a servant, who is the master? The mind, our thoughts, uh, the soul? Uh, our emotions are the masters. Our emotions are stronger than our thoughts. Because as an example, we will ask the body to uh, heal itself. And the body will might, might, heard, might uh, hear this, but it won't trigger anything. It is uh, the emotion we feel that is uh, that has the power to influence uh, the body because it is the only language the body can understand. So um, our emotions are the keys to um, heal our, uh, ourselves. Interesting when you say the emotions, they are the only language or languages, right, that the body understands. Wow. Yeah, I never heard of that before. That is interesting. And we respond a lot to fear, don't we? Mm -hmm. So how can we cultivate self-love on a daily basis? Do you have some suggestions? I think we need to accept ourselves as we um, are um, physically and emotionally. Uh, we all have emotion. It's normal to uh, be uh, unhappy. Uh, it's normal to have negative uh, emotion. And uh, loving ourselves is accepting uh, that we are uh, not perfect, uh, but we uh, love our imperfection. And uh, it's about as well uh, controlling our uh, emotions, uh, negative. First, always, always acknowledging them, saying like, I know uh, that I am angry, but I can't control my emotion and I can't shift it to an emotion that is going to serve me. So I think, yes, it's all, everything has to do with um, emotion somehow. Yeah, and the practice and practices, right, Cecil? Yes, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, to transmute, transform and grow, right? So for some of your poems, because I couldn't have all of them here, I have questions, and this is the case here. What is a truth about our goals? It's about finding ambition in life. Like I said earlier, we definitely, uh, every single soul in this planet has got a mission and this mission is going to serve them uh, in, in their happiness because that's uh, somehow how they're going to be um, happy because they are doing uh, what um, they love doing. And uh, this mission, this goal is as the, at the same time is going to serve the world. Uh, it is going to... Um, help somebody in, it can be in their family, it can be uh, in their surroundings, but it will complete at the same time somebody else. So our goals, they are very much connected to purpose. Absolutely, yes. So is this pretty much the same thing? Is that possible to have goals that are not in alignment with our purpose? I think it's, anything is possible. Um, like, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're about to say something, Cecile. Do you want to um, conclude that? No, I think I was just about to say that, uh, like I just said, uh, anything is um, possible. Uh, in life, you just need to do what feels right uh, for you. Sometimes it's about being selfish. Uh, I know we have friends, we have family, we have children, but you have to do what you have to do for yourself uh, because then the vibration that you are going to vibrate are going to be happy uh, vibration and that's how you're going to impact um, others, your family, your friend, because they're going to feel those vibration and um, 
they're going to feel vibration of happiness. And that's uh, how you can uh, also uh, help them uh, find their own path. And that's another very important thing to know, especially for women, I guess, that we tend to try to please others all the time. And that is something that doesn't really help, right? Yeah, sometimes we have to go within and just do what makes us happy so we can spread the happiness and the love, as you said. So true. So in a truth about people, you say human beings are neither good nor bad, but rather acting according to their dispositions. So my question is, since there is none really right or wrong, does this understanding eliminate all kinds of judgment or this is also another practice? Talking about judgment, when you, we judge others, we are actually uh, judging ourselves. When you believe that we are all one, then what we see in others is what is in us. We definitely are looking into a mirror here. And when you do not like something um, on someone, it's because there is a part of you that has uh, this um, this negative that you do not like. And it's actually a message saying, look into yourself, find where this emotion comes from, acknowledge it, and then let it go. And this is how we can create a peace as well in, uh, in, in, in the world. We just, just uh, first need to find it uh, within ourselves by looking into others. It's, um, it's, I could say it's a, it's a message from God saying, oh, look, you do not like that. Just look into yourself. Find this emotion and just get rid of it because you are going to find then a new puzzle about yourself. And that is a very tricky one, isn't it? Like this judgmental uh, state of mind. Because, yeah, the understanding that we are one, that eliminates it should. Um, although the word should is not really a word that I like using. It should eliminate all kinds of judgment. But it still happens, I think, at that level of judging um, circumstances, situations like... I don't know, like uh, violence, when you see people doing things that you think to yourself, well, I would never do that, such as killing, I don't know, raping, all those, the rage, the hatred. So my question to you is, what is the projection in those cases? If we know at heart that's not a mirror, we're not projecting, this is really something that we dislike. It's not that we are judging, we just, we dislike it. That's a really, uh, really good question. When we are looking at others, uh, as I said, we uh, see we see ourselves. So if I take it into a percentage, uh, let's say you see something that you don't like, like violence, it's saying that is maybe 2% of yourself who are feeling this way. It's not the whole you. It's just any fraction somewhere that that is saying that it is a it is a it is somewhat a part of you, so it's it's not you complete uh, completely. Yeah, no, I understand, and also 
because if the um, the idea or the concept of reincarnation that we have been everything and everyone in past lives, so that would mean that we also went through that. Like you said, there's a percentage in there that's uh, conscious, maybe unconscious. And I think as well, when we see something that we do not like, uh, then uh, we have to uh, give it some light and light and love, send them some light and love. And this is this by doing that, we are somehow giving our part. So when you see something that you don't like, you just close your eyes for an instant, meditate and say, I'm sending love and light and energy to this person or to this uh, situation. I like that. Yeah. So in a way you're transmuting, right? The energies in uh, transforming them instead of a judgmental one or a rejection pushing away, you are doing the opposite. You're sending out the opposite um, energy, right? I like that, Cecile. That's very wise. So talk to me about a truth about karma. Whatever you say, whatever you um, do or whatever you feel will definitely um, uh, come back to you you, uh, someday. So I think it's uh, really important that gossiping is one of them, for example. Everyone loves uh, gossiping. But I think when you talk about others, you should always find the beauty in them and talk about what's beautiful about them because people will then talk about you and find the beauty uh, that's uh, in you and talk about how um, you talk about your beautiful uh, souls. And we shouldn't even focus on the word karma. We just need to do what's right, you know, and what's right and what is beautiful. It's uh, about uh, loving um others uh, as they are, you know, and um, yes, and finding this, um, this, this light in them, because that's how we are going to light our own path uh, as well. You just should see how you feel, you know, when you talk about something beautiful, your vibration are changing, you know, you are vibrating beautifully and people can feel um, that. And and the opposite, when you talk um, negative about, um, somebody, then it's just um, darkness around you. And who wants to be in the dark? Mm, Right. Who wants to be in the dark? I like that. So everything, yeah, that's interesting. I love the way you create this reverse. So everything we do, there is a possibility, like you said earlier, everything's possible. So you're just sort of redoing, unlearning things and doing them differently. Instead of following the old patterns, you just, um, you reverse things, gossiping. It's okay to gossip, but uh, do it in a positive way, not in a negative way. Um, I agree. And you talk about the present moment, you talk about the past and fear. These um, very powerful subjects too that I'd love to explore more if we had the time. I really like the one, um, A Truth About Miracles too. So I'll go back to that in a moment. In A Truth About the Present, you said, we are the only moment that exists, the only instant that is real. So what it takes, what do you think it takes for us to understand that and live this truth? 
you know, when we have goals in life, we always say, I will do that tomorrow. I will do that. We just need to realize with a simple, simple phrase that tomorrow does not exist. Why? Because we always, always wake up to today. Knowing that, um, we should take this phrase into consideration and said, if I only wake up to today, then my goal should be phrased into the present tense uh, as well. Whatever it is that I want to achieve can only be achieved today. So the present is definitely a gift because it is this moment that is given um, to us to achieve our best uh, for ourselves and for others. This is the moment where we need to feel that we are alive, alive and um, and believe that uh, we can definitely create miracles. And that might be the miracle in a way too, right, Cecil? Exactly, yes. Living this way. Yeah. Very much sounds like it. Not that there's anything wrong in planning, right, for the future. I think we all should plan, but... Absolutely, yes. But be uh, be here now while planning, <laughs> not as elsewhere. I have three more questions. One relates to your book, and there's the poem, A Truth About Intuition. What is the truth about intuition? And how do we know when we are listening to our intuition and our, our beliefs or our conditioned mind? Being uh, intuitive, uh, to be intuitive, again, is... Um you have to meditate really. Uh, you have to into this uh, bubble of uh, silence and uh, listen to um, not words, but uh, emotions that are going to uh, guide you to your right uh, path. And intuition is, I would say it, it is like your friend. And um, you need then to ask him question again, using your feeling and uh, emotion so it can guide you to the right uh, path for you. And so how do we know the difference when we are listening to the voice, we are paying attention to the feeling that's coming from our intuition and not from elsewhere? <laughs> I think the question then you have to ask yourself is, how do I feel? Do I feel... Um, fear or do I, do I have this peace uh, of mind uh, and do I feel lighter suddenly? So I think when you feel um, fear, it's answering the question that it's actually could uh, answer, um, it could be the right answer somehow because fear, uh, when you feel fear, sometimes you have to go uh, ahead because it's going to uncover a new uh, part of yourself. So I think when intuition is uh, guiding you, you, ha you will have this feeling, this peace of mind, like I am going to, to be fine. Everything is going to be, I just need to go with the flow. I like that. That's trust, right? Absolutely. Yeah. No matter what, I'll be okay. And I trust that. That makes sense to me. I use that word makes sense a lot. <laughs> so before I ask you two or three, I think two questions unrelated to the subject, would you like to add or to say, read a part of your book? And I just opened um, the book and uh, the first thing I saw was at the end, it's written happy days. Happy days. If I could uh, just say a few words uh, uh, about that. 
uh, I think uh, I know that it's not uh, going to be. It's going. It sounds gonna be. It sounds gonna sound cheesy, but um, uh, every day we should think that it's um, it is a happy days. It's a happy day, and if it is not, then we need to um, ask ourselves the question on how can I make it a happy day? What action can I do to make it a, a happy day? Just do it, you know, break your comfort zone. Maybe uh, go talk to someone who, are going to, who is going to inspire you. Watch a video who is going to inspire you. Uh, but just make sure that every single day you make it a happy day. Yeah, I like that. Thank you so much, Cecile. Thank you. I absolutely love your message of positivity and light. And it's all about peace and love and greatness. Thank you. So my last two questions. What was the hardest lesson to learn about yourself? I think it was, it is finding the beauty in me, forgetting about all of the negative I've ever heard about myself, forgetting about all of the people that were saying, um, and that's some are still saying that it is uh, impossible for you to do that, to achieve that. And it's just about being deaf and only listening to myself, listening to my intuition, finding the right emotions that are going to um, get me to where I want to be. Uh, because where I want to be, it's not where my parents want me to be or where my husband wants me to be. It should be um, uh, about me and it's about being um, selfish. So I think the hardest lesson for me, it's, uh, it's about um, always uh, allowing myself to listen to myself. And that might be the hardest lesson for all of us. <laughs> yeah, seeing our own beauty and believing that, trusting that, and yeah, embracing ourselves as whole, right? Not parts. My last question, what are three things about life you know for sure? Life is beautiful, one, I think. Two, that uh, life is beautiful when you make it uh, beautiful. And uh, life should always be lived uh, in the moment because tomorrow is never promised, but uh, today uh, is. So uh, do the things you love, uh, be with the people you love and uh, achieve your uh, achieve your dreams. That's beautiful. Thank you so much, Cecile. There is so much beauty in everything you do, your words, the way you say them. So there's so, so much beauty. And I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Where can we find more information about you, your book, products, services, and future projects? So I have a website. Uh, actually, it's being revamped at the moment, uh, which is uh, cecilcorea.com. So you have more information uh, there on my book. Uh, I'm on Instagram as well, dash cecilcorea. Yes, so that's where you can find a little bit about. And obviously, my book is on Amazon as well. Right, and I'll have the link. Thank you so much again, and we'll talk soon. Bye for now, Cecil. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Cecile Correa, please visit her website Instagram page at Cecile Correa.
more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. I want to thank the Patreon members, Lawrence McGrath, Mark Basden, Terry Clayton, and Aidan Vickrock. Thank you again for listening, and bye for now.